Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be the first one to ever have me on his show, the Battle Buddy Podcast, and I'm surely grateful for his friendship and everything he's doing. Um, he is killing it at real estate. He's done some great things in uniform, even better things out of uniform. So Keith, brother, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for coming on and hanging out today. Well, thanks for having me, Richard. And uh, I don't get uh, called a mentor very much. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate those kind words, man, because I, I look at you the same way, just kind of following following your footsteps. I think we're two guys kind of on similar path to just uh, speaking to people and, and uplifting people and, and just doing what we can to help others, right? All right. So um, and I just want to throw this out there today. We're being sponsored by the Vetrepreneur Tribe. I've been there since day one. And without the tribe, I wouldn't be be where I am and doing what I'm doing. So. Thank you, Vetrepreneur Tribe, Marshall being a new owner, but also thank you, Stephen and Lane, for everything you've done in the past um, and hope we just keep on growing. So talk to us, Keith, tell us, give us a quick down and dirty. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, your military service, and bring us up to current. Well, that's definitely a loaded question, Richard. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm from central Illinois, uh, born and raised here. Um, I did not have a normal childhood compared to most people. So um, both my parents were in real estate. They got into real estate in 1988. Uh, and then I don't know when the vision came through, but they decided to build a log home. That was their dream home. And they wanted to sell log home packages. They had rentals. They had flips, things like that. So they were very well into real estate. Uh, so dinner conversations as a kid, we're talking about closings and earnest money and home purchases and all those different things that as a young kid, I had no idea what any of those were about. Uh, fast forward 20 something years, I end up in real estate, but so it was a very, very unique childhood. Um, great childhood. Just, you know, I could come home from school sometimes and people would be walking through my bedroom <laughs> and my parents would do tours of the house and I cleaned out rentals and all those different things. So I kind of swore that off and like I said, it was pretty normal childhood. Never thought about military service either. Never thought about getting into real estate. And then, you know, who knows? It's amazing what, what your future holds for you. And you blink and one day you're you're joining the military. And then a few years down the road, you're getting into real estate. So, so now tell us, because I love everybody's recruiting story. Buddy um, has a different one. So what was your recruiting story like? Tell us about the day you were in the recruiter's office. Yeah, so for me, it was real interesting. Um I went to a local junior college and got a, an associate's degree in criminal justice, law enforcement kind of thing. Uh, it was not a transfer degree. All I wanted was just do two years and be done. So I was 20. I just graduated. I was working like 30 hours a week at, at a department store, just kind of um, like waiting for that inspiration for the rest of my life. I wanted to be a cop. I was a couple months shorter to be in 21. And I just happened to be home alone one day and the phone rang. It was an army recruiter. And so instead of just hanging up, I just talked to the guy like 45 minutes later, he's talking about, Oh, well, you've got an associate's degree. We can bring you in as a warrant officer and maybe you could fly helicopters, which, you know, I mean, you, you, they kind of had to be hooked at that point. Um, uh, an ironic twist of fate. I later found out at MEPS that I have a depth perception problem. So I was never going to fly a helicopter <laughs> no matter what I would have chose. Um, but that, that conversation kind of got things going. So my stepdad came home. He was a Vietnam veteran, uh, Air Force. And I talked to him. I said, hey, I don't want to tell my mom, but what do you think? And he said, hey, I, I think that if you're going to join the military, you should go talk to the Navy or the Air Force. 
if you want that better quality of life. So, you know, loving them and respecting them like I did, I said, okay, sure, I'll go talk to them first. And um, walked into the recruiter's office, and it was like kind of hook, line, and sinker. I was like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. Why not? I was kind of like kind of lost in life. Like, what do I do? You know, what's the next chapter? And all of a sudden, it's just sitting there in front of me. I'm like, okay, I could do this. It's only four years, maybe eight if I re-enlist, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, gain some life experience and figure some things out. It kind of buy me time in a lot of ways. And so that's kind of how I ended up in. I didn't even have a job selected. I was going to either go aerial gunner, firefighter, or security forces, um, especially with the, the associates in law enforcement. Security forces was a logical fit. And I was just kind of waiting, went through MEPS, all that stuff. He called me one day. He goes, I, look, I need an answer today. I have a guy that broke his leg. You're the only person I have on my list of security forces that can go now. The rest of them are in high school and they won't graduate. And um, like two weeks later, uh, in April of 06, I was in boot camp. So it was like two months from the time I got the phone call from the Army recruiter to the time I had boots on the ground in uh, in San Antonio. So Now, how many, uh, how many years did you put in and did you – uh, well, not that I counted, but my DD-214 says five years, seven months, and 20 days. Uh, people always kind of look at me funny when I tell them that. I'm like, I only know because I looked at it like a year ago and <laughs> said that. That number just stuck in my head. Um, but yeah, so I was uh, Air Force Security Forces doing law enforcement, military police, uh, for those people that aren't uh, too familiar with the military lingo stuff. Um, and in that time frame, I deployed to southern Iraq uh, as a prison guard in a place called Camp Buka. I was there for just about eight months. Couple months after coming back from that, they sent me down to Ecuador. So we guarded some of the AWACS and refueler planes that were doing the, I guess you say drug interdiction missions. We didn't see any of the drugs down there, but they would go up and scan for boats and aircraft and stuff. So we were down there six months just guarding those aircraft. And then right after I got back from that, I PCS to Scott Air Force Base in Southern Illinois. I was previously at Yokota Air Base, Japan. And then do meeting the leadership, the chief asked me, she goes, how do you feel about deploying? I said, well, ma'am, I know I got enough time left in. You're going to deploy me now or you're going to deploy me in six months. So with all due respect, I don't care. Send me wherever, whenever. I know you're going to send me somewhere. And uh, about a week later, she called up and says, congratulations, you're going back to Iraq in, in a couple months. So that's where I did my second deployment. And that was it for me. All right. So now you did five years, seven months and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the thought process in getting out um, because, you know, a lot of guys like myself, I felt with it. Um, I, I decided I wanted to be um, a lifer and I did 23. I would have done 30 if I didn't get hurt, but I got hurt so that you can't see, you can't shoot. We don't need you. And so, you know, that story. So what was it like getting in that, that five year, seven months and start and have to decide, all right, I'm looking to get out. I want to start a new chapter in my life. What was that thought process? You know, I, I didn't really didn't think much about it. You know, I was just, I was fine with it. I was like, Oh, you know, I felt confident in my abilities to, to land on my feet and not be a statistic, um, to not end up homeless, you know, despite what leadership tries to tell you of like, Oh, you can't get out. You can't leave. We need you. You know, uh, they try and throw these scary statistics in your face of, and I don't even know where they get the statistics, but right. They try and tell you that everybody's going to have this mountain of problems when they get out. 
And, you know, no, you got to stay in or else you're going to end up homeless six months after you get out. Well, that's, that's not true. You know, most veterans get out and they don't become homeless. Some do, unfortunately. We do have problems in our veteran community, but I was confident. I said, look, I, I got a lot of family. I got a big support structure. You know, I'm a hard worker. I'll just bury my head and charge forward and figure it out. I wasn't worried about it. So, all right. Now, like, didn't sweat uh, it. One of our friends in the group, uh, Sergeant Nick Valentine, he says, you know, once you step off base, the military does not give a shit about you. Um, the phone stops ringing. You, you know, you don't have an income coming in and you're pretty much a man or a female on an island. Um, and some of us come back, you know, especially if you've been over to Iraq, Afghanistan, um, a little bit left of center. And um, did you struggle with anything like that or were you okay when you got home? Well, I've actually heard Nick say that a few times. and I've heard you mention it uh, on your, on this podcast a few times. And man, there might not be a more true saying about leaving the service. You know, you are kind of left there. You leave, you may be connected to people on social media, but uh, they've replaced you in the unit. Their mission continues. You're on a new path. Um. I don't think I really struggled too much. I think I got lucky in my transition, actually. I landed a job at a furniture company, and the the regional manager that hired me was a veteran. Um, I happen to be a lifelong Denver Broncos fan. Uh, the company's headquartered in Denver. What The assistant manager was from Denver and was a Broncos fan. Uh, so just actually in the interview conversations, most of the stuff was about military service and the Broncos. <laughs> so go figure. go figure I got hired, right? Um, but it was like four sales guys and a warehouse guy. And I did that for about a, a little over a year. And to me, that was just that tight knit family. Now they were, uh, the regional manager was never really around, but the guys I worked with every day was the same guys. We got to know their families. We ate together. We worked 60, 70 hours a week together. So for that first year I was out, I didn't even have time to think about not being connected. I was around the same group of guys, just like you are when you're in uniform every day that you come into the unit. And um, so I didn't have some of those struggles that other people do. Uh, then I left there and I got into real estate and I, I had issues, but I had blinders on for many years that I had any issues. And, uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago that those blinders kind of came off and you kind of confronted with it. It's like a, ripping a, a bandaid off of, off of a bad wound and just kind of, kind of work through the process of healing from it and figuring it out. All right. So now, there's a lot of guys and girls that listen to this. They're veterans or entrepreneurs, as we like to call ourselves, um, which are veterans, entrepreneurs. And a lot of us, when we get out and I've done, I made, I've done all of it. I used to make fun of it, but I've done all of them. We, we want to start a t-shirt company, hat company, liquor, a coffee company. I did three out of four. Um, but a lot of times, you know, we don't realize until like six, six months later, we're $10,000 in debt and don't know what the hell just happened. And a lot of it's because like Stephen Kuhn said, um, if you don't have a business plan, you don't have a business. You actually just have a hobby. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about becoming a entrepreneur and how important, you know, cause I, I think even if you just go to basic training after that, everybody knows how, what an SOP is standard operation procedures. But I think once we start businesses, we really don't have an SOP until, you know, the shit hits the fan 
and then then we got to kind of figure it out. So talk to us about you know starting your own business and what that was like when you first started. Yeah, it was a a unique path, that's for sure, uh, because real estate is one of those things that a lot of people don't really think about it necessarily in the true entrepreneur um, realm, but. You know, we are independent contractors. We do, you know, hang our, our licenses with a company of some sort. But we're, you know, in most cases, you're free to kind of run your business as you want. Lucky for me, my mother was my business partner. She, like I said, she'd been in real estate since 88. Um, we were business partners for almost nine years and uh, up until recently. Uh, but we, you know, it was, it, was a, it was the best person to learn from. She taught me everything I need to know about the business. Um, of actually working with clients and contracts and all that stuff. But I will admit, I did not treat everything in my business like a business for many years. It took a little while to to realize that there were certain things I wasn't doing. The one thing I was doing good, like you said, SOPs, was SOPs, checklists, like having a framework for all that stuff. There, to, to me, there's, I don't know how you could do this particular job without it, right? When you have contractual guidelines for this has to happen by this day, this has to happen by that day, uh, without a checklist and without putting things in a calendar with reminders, I don't know how anybody keeps it straight. I mean, you just you just have to. Um, and that's one of the things that just came so incredibly easy to me. It was, it was a no-brainer. It was like, okay, all right, well, today goes under contract. The house sells in 30 days. What are the deadlines in the contract that have to be, you know, just go down your checklist. Have I put it in my calendar? Yes. Have I sent copies to everybody? Yes. Have I done this? Have I done that? And it keeps everything on track. Um, some of the other business stuff, like I said, it it took a little while, um, you know, on the advertising and and some of the other things to like to treat it like a business. And but that's part of the learning curve, right? Now, like for me, I know that um, if for the first year of doing my podcast, I did it willy nilly. I didn't have a calendar. Calendly, and um, ever since I think it was Robert Garcia told me to use Calendly or get a calendar. I can't live without my calendar now. I can't. I can't function. <laughs> so I think you know. Um, you know, I, I'm a big reader. I love to study, and um, even like the book Atomic Habits by um, James Clear, he talks about how you have to dictate your day. You can't let your day day dictate you. So what are some of the positive things that the military has taught you that you've moved over into your business? Well, I would say definitely time management and, and being efficient with things. Um, like you said, calendar, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. If it's, if it's in my calendar, it's gotta be in my calendar to get done. Um, even if it's just a half hour, little task or something like that, I gotta, I gotta have it all listed out uh, and planned, but, you know, other things would be just um, leadership and, and serving other people is, is something big. Uh, stepping up and not being afraid to to step into leadership roles. I see one of the mo more interesting things is I don't. I mean, I consider myself a leader. I wouldn't consider myself a great leader. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's never any process of of refining those skills, right? But sometimes. Uh, I find myself in in rooms with other people who are in leadership position, maybe elected, uh, maybe volunteer, whatever. And sometimes I see 
a huge lack of leadership. Um, or maybe I'll say less refined leadership skills, you know, and it's, it's sometimes kind of scary. You know, you realize how much leadership skills that you got and how you kind of by default end up in leading things because other people don't want to, or they're unwilling to, to jump into things. Okay. Now, like, um, what made you join the Vetrepreneur tribe? And uh, what has what ha what value has it brought to your your business? Like, gosh, I think I've been a member of the Vetrepreneur tribe for so long. I don't even remember why <laughs> where where I found it. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of information that flows back and forth, and I think what's interesting sometimes is I'm in a service based industry. So when somebody posts about, you know, physical product issue, right? They can't, let's just say they can't get, uh, they can't get hats or they can't get something else in. They have an inventory issue. To me, it's just interesting. It's, it's just like a free education. Like they're, they're telling you about what's going on in their industry. And so you just pick up a little nugget here and there about what's going on in other people's industries. And then there's a lot of people that add a lot of value um, to things that, I guess you wouldn't ordinarily maybe research or look up on your own. And so there's a lot of value there. Uh, but the Warrior Council, which is the the mastermind group behind everything, I've been a member of that for about two years after seeing it advertised the Vetrepreneur Tribe. That's where, to me, the real connections have been. Uh, a lot of my podcast guests have come from there. Uh, I've got a lot of connections. I've, I was just messaging with another another Warrior Council member this morning. Um sending some stuff through Google Drive uh, that she needed for something. So I've collaborated with with one in there on a real estate education course on hoarding, if you can guess who that was. <laughs> and, uh, Hi, Tammy. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just amazing connections, just great people who just care, uh, care to add value and just collaborate together you know, offer suggestions. I've had some people in there when I speak up on, on different things going on in my business, I've had people tell me things are stupid. Um, point blank, no sugarcoating it. Like that's stupid. You can't do it that way. You need to look over here, you need to look over there. Um, so, you know, you find yourself in these rooms and you're kind of masterminding or talking about issues and people aren't going to sugarcoat it. They're not going to be, you know, for lack of a better term, the yes man. They're going to tell you if it's if it's crap or if it's not going to work. They're going to use their experiences, you know, or if they don't have that experience, everybody in there seems to know somebody that can that can you can connect with. So there's a lot of value in there for veteran business owners. So what was the impetus of you starting your Battle Buddy podcast, which is probably one of my top three podcasts that I listen to every episode? Thank and and I'm so grateful that you were have have me on your show. So talk to us about why you started it and what you have learned from from hosting a show like that. Well, there's a lot to learn, but the idea being in real estate, you know, where, where I'm at in central Illinois, I could drive five minutes to an appointment or it could be 45 minutes to an hour. Just depends. And I've always, I mean, I listen to music like anybody else. I'm a fan of tons of different music, but some point in time along the way, I kind of got bored with it. I'm like, all right, listen to the same songs over and over again, right? I want to exercise my mind a little bit. I got half an hour between point A to point B. So 
at some point in time, I was like, I'm going to listen to these podcast things. This is probably four or five years ago. So I started listening to one here and there. I can't even tell you really the first few shows that I would even listen to. And then late 2019, it somehow just kind of hit me on Facebook that there was a lot of vets that were not just in the Vetrepreneur Tribe, but other Facebook groups, some of them with a couple hundred thousand people in them, some with just a couple thousand. But I've seen so many people struggling. They were struggling with a ton of different issues. And what I've come to kind of realize is they all kind of fit in one category or another. It's either um, financial and legal issues, and then, or it's personal relationships, close relationships, family, friends, lack of connections to the military and veteran community, physical or mental health, or it's an employment, gainful employment. You know, are, are you happy and satisfied and thrilled with your job? Does, this, does it give you what you need? Not necessarily the money, but benefits and things like that. It seemed like everybody had a problem that lined up in one or more of those categories. And I do firmly believe that substance abuse, homelessness, and suicide are a result of one or more of those areas not being fulfilled, not being in balance, if whatever you want to, whatever, however you want to put it, that the more of those pillars, if you will, are gone. The, the roof of the building, if that was success, can't stand. It's going to collapse. And so you have to kind of look at each one of those aspects of your life and say, am I doing what I can to make this as solid as possible so I can be successful, so I can grow, you know, be resilient and all those different things. So I, I that's why I kind of just started noticing on Facebook. And so I just had a random thought one day. I'm like, well, I mean, I can do a podcast, right? I can grab a microphone and figure this out. You know, no clue how to start, where to start, any of those things. And, you know, eventually my wife created the logo, uh, which is on my hat, if I point to it right. Um, so she created that in Canva for me, uh, kind of just threw it all together. I reached out to a good uh, a guy that I know here that I went on the honor flight with. And uh, and so I was like, hey, look, I'm going to start this podcast and talk about military and veteran issues. Would you like to be my first guest? And he said, sure. So I had found StreamYard as well and had the microphone and said, let's wing it. I had nothing in my background. Nothing was here. It was just like a blank wall, I believe. Um, and we just we talked for I think it was a little over an hour. And he opened up about his traumatic brain injuries, his PTSD, how his service dog literally saved his life. And I could tell you what, five minutes in. I was like, I got something. There's there's power in people tell, telling their stories because when they tell their stories, other people can connect with it and they can they can be inspired. Like, hey, if this guy can get past his issues, then so can I. And so there's power when when people you know tell their stories. You came on there and, and told your story, and like it, it, same thing. It's like when people tell their stories and they come and they offer some value and it educates or inspires veterans, then. Maybe somebody listens to it today. Somebody listens to it six years from now, but uh, you never know when it's going to hit the right person at the right time to be that catalyst for change. And so that's that's why I started it. And I've done uh, actually to you know tomorrow will be f- the fifty first episode that will re- be released. And you know it's it's just amazing. All these conversations, all the topics are different. It's been from those dark topics and military sexual trauma all the way to credit scores and franchising and, you know, leadership during COVID and, you know, highlighting great nonprofits like irreverent warriors and 
and other things like that and book reviews with authors who've told told their stories in uniform it's it's just amazing you know just to be able to sit down and ask people whatever you want yep and by the way i love the hat it looks very clear um, <laughs> gee i wonder where i got it yeah <laughs> so i want to give some love to jd tierney from south paul laser concepts um all my hats are from jd so i want to give them give them some love um now what have you know? You've talked to pe very a lot of people that are now uh, get out of the military, and they become successful. What are, are some of the traits that you see the successful people doing that some of the not so successful people are not doing? What comes to mind me for me is is probably two things. One, they connect and collaborate with other people. They don't try and go it alone. They 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 get a battle buddy through the process, uh, whether that's just somebody that's an accountability partner or just a friend, whatever. Like they just don't go alone. They just don't do it themselves, and that's really really important, right? Because I don't have every skill in the world, you know. Like I can tell you, doing my podcast, I I don't do a whole lot of video edits. I can do them. I don't do them well, you know. I, I, nobody would hire me to edit a film for a movie. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, so you got to just, you got to rely on your network. You got to, you got to figure out people that can fill in those gaps where your, where your weaknesses are, you know? And then the other thing is they're lifelong learners. I think every single one of them is, it's bettering themselves and, and educating themselves somehow, some way, every single day, whether that's reading a book or watching a video or listening to a podcast, whatever, there's this constant thirst and search for knowledge. And they just go out there and they they get it wherever they can, whatever topic it is. All right. So now um, I love your podcast. So how do we find your podcast? And also, I know you're doing something special for our, our brother, Brian, of Project Die Hard 22. So please talk about what you got going on and with your podcast and also with your swag. So my, my podcast is the Battle Buddy Podcast. Uh, you can find it at battlebuddypodcast.net. You can find the audio version on I, – I record it through Anchor. Um, and so it goes out to Google, Apple. I'm trying to think of the other ones off the top of my head now. But it goes out to Spotify, uh, all the streaming platforms, um, all the major ones out there. You can find it on uh, – you can't miss it. It's a bright yellow background with this logo on it. Um, I, I also do mine on video like you do. So mine's on YouTube. Uh, you can go find me on Instagram or Facebook. On uh, Facebook, I upload all the videos there too, so they're they're all available to watch. Uh, and I have an episode that drops every Wednesday, every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, when it comes to Brian, I I tell you what, when it comes to guys who are passionate, that is one extremely passionate guy, uh, Brian Gibson from Project Die Hard. Uh, he has a facility in Southern Illinois. Uh, that is, he's trying to renovate that so he can put, uh, so I get it right, 12 single veterans and two veterans with their families in there. Uh, it's a very well-rounded plan that he's got, uh, not just helping with one thing, but all of the skills that they need to be successful. And uh, he's trying to raise money down there to, to make those renovations happen. So I was, I'm from Illinois, so I went down there last summer and rolled up my sleeves and helped him for a day and a half and pulled out some old uh, kids' play sets that were rotten and needed to be taken out. It was it used to be a daycare facility. And, uh, you know, he's just a man with a, a lot of passion, a lot of heart. And, 
you know, it's such an innovative kind of idea that he's got, not just to take veterans and house them for up to a year, but veterans and their families because they go through a lot too and they need support. And for them to kind of put everybody in one building where they can learn off of each other and collaborate and build connections and get these skills is something that just, I'm not really aware of any other nonprofit trying to do that. Uh, so it's really unique in what he's doing. And uh, so I try to help where I can share the message, spread the message. And I collaborated with David and Ginger from Really Designs to create a T-shirt that um, the location down there says Fob Rush. I should have worn it today. Um, but so it's got, it says Fob Rush on the on the front. Um, a few other things. It's got both of our logos on the back. And all the proceeds from that shirt uh, go right to Project Die Hard just to help fund fund their mission. So if anybody would like to help with that, I, I would greatly appreciate. I know Brian definitely would too. Any kind of support they can get down there. Yep. So when we end up, we hang up, I'll ask you, ask you to drop the link, send me the link and I'll, and I'll drop it in the comments. Absolutely. Um, so now the last couple minutes, um, what do you have going on now? I mean, obviously you're busier than a one-legged contest. You got going on now and how can we support your mission? Well, uh, the podcast, uh, you know, that's an episode every single week. Uh, not much outside of that. Um, you know, I got some ideas for some other, other things I can do on that. Um, really don't have anything uh, super big going on. I just, you know, just go out there and every day, every day, try and help my clients buy and sell homes and, and maximize the use of their VA loan. And, uh, in this crazy real estate market that we're in right now, which, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a whole different topic for a different day. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just my goals every day. Just wake up and make an impact somewhere, help my clients and, and help my battle buddies. Well, Keith, I just want to say thank you. So guys, if you get a chance, definitely check out the battle buddy podcast. Um, I, I listen to every episode. I, I love it. Um, and not just because a lot of my friends get interviewed, but I just love, it. I think it's, that, um, you know, I'm in recovery for 32 years and sometimes you, whenever I go to an, uh, um, a meeting, I pick out stuff and I use it in my life and stuff that I, I don't need. I don't, you know, I, I don't use it. And I find your, your podcast, it's, I learn a lot of things that I can use in my life, not just in business, but in my mental health, my physical health, um, financial health. So it's a, it's an overall well-balanced podcast. And uh, I mean, you even have a geek like me on there. So, <laughs> well, you know, that's my goal is to just bring all kinds of different topics. I didn't want to go into just entrepreneurship or just into PTSD or just into, you know, PTSD treatment things or whatever. Like you could niche really down. I was like, you know what? I just want to talk to cool people who are doing awesome things uh, that can educate or inspire others. I love it, guys. So. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a comment, subscribe. And um, like I always mention, Oprah Winfrey um, said that if you, if you ever want to help yourself, help others. That's the best way to help yourself. And that's why I do what I do. I love you guys. Um, Keith, thanks again so much. Thank you, uh, Wounded War. I mean, uh, the Warrior Council and uh, Venturepreneur Tribe. Thank you, Marshall. Um, and I'm so appreciative of you guys. Have an amazing week and uh, enjoy your trip to Disney coming up. I will. Thank you. All right, guys. Remember, I'll be back tomorrow. Remember, vertical momentum. The only way to go is butt up. I love you guys.
hey guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives.